All right. Welcome to Pursuing Conversation. My name is Thomas. I'm Christopher. Today, we're going to start off with a new segment we want to start doing uh, at the beginning of each podcast that is addressing questions. So a Q&A segment at the beginning of each one of our podcasts is what we want to start adding and adopting because we're getting more and more questions from people regarding things. So uh, if there's things that you have questions on regarding, you know, race, ideas, beliefs, culture, all that sort of stuff, send them our way. We'll address them at the beginning of each one of our podcasts. So we're going to go ahead and get right into this one. Uh, this was posed uh, from one of our viewers that it was a few different questions all wrapped in one. So I'll just kind of read it. Um, they were wondering how or what keeps us from being becoming hardened or bitter to systematic racism, the omission of true history in our education system, the, or um, the ignorant and just blatant racism that we might receive, and then um, how we might remain hopeful about things getting better in the future. So I think we kind of need to dissect this one piece by piece. Mm -hmm. So the first part of the question was becoming hardened or bitter or bitter of systematic racism and then the omission of true history in our education system. So for me, the systematic racism is something that I believe I'm kind of blind to. And I think a lot of people are blind to until they kind of see it playing out around them and then kind of putting the pieces together. So for me growing up, you know, you're kind of, me specifically, I can't really speak for Christopher, but a little bit blind to the fact of what's going on around you because half of our family is white. So, you know, we're not looking at white people in such a negative light. So I feel like for us or me specifically, it, it was hard to really see what was going on. I mean, I realized that there was a lot of segregation within my own city of Omaha and it has, I've realized how segregated the city really, really is. And, you know, you have your different parts of town, North Omaha, bad black area, gangs, drugs, violence, South Omaha, you know, you have your Hispanic Latino population and then West Omaha where we actually lived was the uppity part of town where all the rich white people lived. Um, so growing up, you know, you see white people all around you, you're going to school with white people all around you. And so you're not looking at them as uh, anything evil or you yeah, know you're malicious you're not used to anything else yeah mm -hmm. like half your like you look at half your family and they're all white and then you go to school and all your friends are white so you don't really see the disconnect in the systematic segregation and racism that had happened throughout Omaha specifically because that's where we lived it's history but then you know you see black people in social media as we got older still uh getting a lot of violence from white people and their communities and in their bigger cities and all that sort of stuff so for me i didn't really see it so i didn't become hardened and bitter to it it's when i see it in communities around me on social media that frustrate me personally so that's kind of my take on it mm -hmm. yeah uh that question is you know there's there's a lot of avenues to kind of answering it and I think that our experience is unique because obviously we, you know, we fit that demographic of, um, you know, you're more likely to be, um, have an altercation with a police officer if you get pulled over or something like that. Like just statistically, yeah. um, 
and stuff like that. But I think human nature is kind of to um, kind of, you know, be so opposed to stuff like that. Like even, you know, just because we're mixed doesn't mean we have so much more, um, you know, bitterness and, and frustration with those situations. I feel like a lot of people do get frustrated and, and they, they hate to see stuff like that. You know, you see, uh, you know, um, police shootings and, and stuff like around that nature a lot on social media. And, um, you know, it kind of just, it, it's upsetting, but I, I don't think that, you know, personally, I don't think that our um, reaction is that much different than someone who, who isn't mixed or is white or, or full black or anything like that. Obviously it's, it's just, it's frustrating to see that. And, and, sad. and, and it's sad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, the systematic part is, is kind of a controversial point too, because a lot of people think that it's a thing. They think that, um, you know, we, there is, there is something wrong there still, you know, we're still having that aftermath of, of American history and it's still leading to this point. And some people think that it's like, no, that's gone. Uh, you have every right to, um, do anything anybody else does, which obviously is the case, but also think that, you know, you're not affected anymore. You know, that was, that was years ago, which to that, I'd say, absolutely. That was, you know, not in our lifetime, but you know, 150 years ago, um, super prevalent you know even our people are our grandparents age great grandparents age uh you know they, they were raised in a in a scenario of, of jim crow and um just the this the systematic part hasn't just disappeared no, you know there's I, there's still there's still effects from it from before and i don't i don't think that you know we're over here saying that you know, taking ourselves as, you know, victim, you know, I don't want to see myself as a victim at all. No. You know, I'm, I'm trying to do the, the best I can to, to move forward. And I know everybody else is too, but you got to understand that this wasn't thousands of years ago that this happened. It was, you know, a couple of generations ago. Yeah. And you got to kind of take that into account. And so for the next part of the question, that was the, um, the mission mm-hmm. of, uh, true history in our education system yeah that that one was the one that i kind of wanted to hit on because you don't know when you're growing up what you're learning and and what you're not learning you know you're just kind of uh naive to the fact of everything you're learning in schools is you know everything that you need to know about how to be Mm -hmm. successful and knowledgeable of your country Mm -hmm. and your history Mm -hmm. so it's not really like you're you can't be upset about something that you don't know because you don't know it. Mm-hmm. So it's a situation of when you find out later that it happened, but you didn't learn it you at school. It, yeah. That's when you become more frustrated and kind of uh, curious as to why, why wasn't that taught? Why mm-hmm. wasn't I aware of that? Mm-hmm. And what actually comes to mind regarding this, and I know you're passionate about this. We both are, but how, we have a teacher that's running for Senate Mm -hmm. in our state. And he was a teacher for the high school he went to who taught taught history history, all that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. And he was just attacked by his competitor in the race Mm -hmm. for his, he has a history of essentially there was a letter sent out uh, propaganda essentially that said that he has a history of teaching his students to hate the country, the con- our, our country, yeah. uh, you know, America. And I, I see that cause 
he I follow him on social media and and he re- reposted it. And in his comment, it was along the lines of, you know, I, I expect, you know, this is this is a it's you're used to that in campaigning. Yeah. You know, you, you always see smear tactics. Smear, yeah. And like ads about, you know, the opposition that this is why you shouldn't be voting for because they do this. And this absolutely. And this. Yeah. You're used to it. It's, it's the case. And he acknowledged that. But he also didn't expect to. For someone to go at low enough to attack Accuse his that yeah is his you know his teaching history which he's one of the most accredited teachers yeah i he won know. the uh teacher of the i know year, the nebraska or? teacher of the, uh, yeah. the year back when we were in high school we went to go to the white house and everything and he's been working i think he was at Millard west for 13 years yeah. and i had him personally so i i actually reposted it and said kind of my two cents as to why i, I believe that that's so false and i try to do it in a way that wasn't just frustration i mean yeah. I, I was definitely I frustrated by it yeah that. and I, I know that a couple people asked me about it and yeah i was definitely frustrated because i'm thinking of the average voter who doesn't know this man like i like like i had um a personal relationship yeah with him, so you yeah. know him mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what his values and his beliefs it was are personally and... taught by him and i i actually had his history class so i can say for a fact that that was not the case yeah because you're addressing what they accused him of. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely. a student. You can give mm-hmm. that exact um, relationship mm-hmm. one-on-one with mm-hmm. him to kind of show the outside looking in, yeah. hey, this, isn't, this, is, this isn't true, true. Yeah. at and all. I, and I, I feel like I can speak for a lot of other students, students because yeah. a bunch of bunch of students had the same reaction that I did. They were very upset. And I think for a, a valid reason yeah. because they, they know that he taught his students to critically think about American history because there's so much that was so bad about our history, but I don't, I don't think that, you know, we're not blaming anybody for that. We're, we're, we're saying we need to learn from, this is the whole reason we are taught history is to learn from the mistakes that we made and and move forward, you know, better and and be better from here. And I, I, I think that ignoring, which I don't, I don't know if that's what his opposition wanted him to do is just to ignore Ignore the bad stuff. Mm, Yeah. yeah, Just ignore everything that, that happened bad in our, in our history, which is, horrible we're just going to repeat itself that's the reason that we you know teach history in the first place he had a perfect analogy Mm -hmm. in his video that so he his name is tim royers Mm -hmm. he's running for senate he had a perfect analogy in the video he made so he made a video addressing that attack and how you know wrong it really is and how low that is to go and so he had a perfect analogy in the video he made of relating it to sports and film and football. So like I played football for, I don't even know how many years I played collegiately through high school, middle school, little league, all that sort of stuff. So as you get to a certain stage in that career, you start watching film to figure out how you can get better at what you do. Mm -hmm. Oh, I missed my block here. Oh, this person missed their assignment here. They they ran this route wrong here Mm -hmm. and they realize all the things that they did bad during practice, during scrimmages during games Mm -hmm. to address hey you need to get better at this play at Mm -hmm. this assignment on this block whatever it is Mm -hmm. to figure out how you can get better so the same thing with history you can't ignore american history and how truly bad it was in a lot of aspects Mm -hmm. to figure out how we can grow as a country to get better down the road and Mm -hmm. i feel like talking about those things doesn't make you 
unpatriotic. Yeah, unpatriotic at all or hate your country at all. You can hate the things that have been done. Mm -hmm. Which it's justifiable to hate a lot of things that we've done in the past. But there's so (laughs) many good things too. And I he it's not like he taught one one side side point way way more than the other. He taught American history for all encompassing. And that was that was something that was obviously frustrating and and I'm, I think he handled it really, really well. But I, I, I just responded to it because I know that the undecided voter has, you see that and you're furious. You see, oh, you know, I don't want to um, to vote for someone who would teach our our youth to, to hate our country. You're, you're Democrat, you're Republican, you're going to see something like that and you're going to be frustrated. You're yeah. going to be mad. And I, I think that that's, that was the real reason. Because I, I usually don't like to respond on social media for reasons I've mentioned in, in the past. But this yeah. is the case that, I, th- I think people had the right to really know. Yeah. And then there was that last question, which we can, we can bring up that one too, is kind of how to, like, how are you hopeful is essentially what, what that one was. Yeah. Saying. Well, the first, qu- the first question before the, how are you hopeful mm-hmm. to get better is how do you respond to ignorant or just blatant racism? And to be honest, there hasn't been somebody that's come up to my face and just been blatantly racist. Like, when I think of blatant racism, I think of somebody coming up and calling me the N word and all these other racist terms and telling me to go back to Africa, you know, whatever it is, whatever they want to to say. There was that one time when we were kids though. Okay. I mean, I guess if you count, (laughs) so count that. Yeah. When we were, when we were kids, Mm -hmm. we lived right across the street from our elementary school. So we would walk home sometimes because our mom wasn't off work. Uh, and it was literally just right across the street. street, so So we were headed home and you always had those teenagers driving by the main street that were just mm-hmm. yelling at the middle schoolers that got out. So they were high schoolers getting out mm-hmm. at the same time as middle schoolers, and they'd be flipping kids off and yeah, cussing them out out their window because they thought like they were cool. Yeah, 17. got their driver's license a week ago. They yeah. thought they were just yeah. the sickest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And so it was a similar situation, but we were in elementary school, and we were walking home to school, and some kid just yells at his window as we were in our neighborhood, and he, he's driving by, and he just goes, um, you're racist. You're, you're black or not, you're no, not, you're racist. Sure. He said he was racist. Sorry. He said, you're illegal. You're black. Yeah. Or you're black. You're illegal. Yeah, I think that's what he says. In whatever order, basically yeah. calling us illegal because we were black mm-hmm. or just like two little mixed yeah, we kids probably, yeah, we just walking to elementary school yeah. and somebody in our neighborhood decided to just drive by us and say, we're illegal for being black. And so, like, it actually said us when we got home. Like, I called my mom, and she like, how do you answer that question as a mom? Like, looking back, yeah, like, right. especially her, yeah, yeah, her like, issues. how do you even respond? Like, your kid's calling you saying, "Hey, mom, these kids just yelled at us and called us illegal because we were black." Like, number one, our mom can't do anything. No, you don't even no. know who the kids were. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure that sucked for our mom to hear. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was like looking back on it, like if my kid came to me, like I'd be like, "All right, let's hunt down like yeah. whoever this was yeah, and like go knock on the door and be like, what's up?" Because mm-hmm. like. To me, that's just obviously it's childish and ignorant. And I think oh, I remember yeah. our mom yeah. telling us like those kids are just ignorant. Don't listen to them. You mm-hmm. can just tell like how far they're going to go in life just based off of how they're acting yeah. with, with something like that. So uh, I guess blatant racism like that is the last time that everything else has just been subtle racism mm-hmm. with things like what people have said and stereotypes. And that's actually what today's topic is going to be about is just stereotypes and what people have said to us in our short lives growing up of the things that people don't realize what they're saying mm. until 
you address it and talk to them yeah. about it. So I guess the blatant racism, it's frustrating, but there's not a whole lot you can do because sometimes people are just so like uneducated and arrogant mm-hmm. that you can't fight, like you can't fight stupid. Mm-hmm. Like I genuinely think that to have an actual conversation with somebody like that is just not feasible. Mm-hmm. So like if you're either just going to continue being that way and that air, air arrogant and ignorant that you're not going to ever open your eyes to like Mm -hmm. how horrible of a person you're really being. Yeah. Um, so I guess in terms of being hopeful for the future on my end, what makes me hopeful is just seeing a lot of white people now standing up that, you know, they're fighting alongside Mm -hmm. our culture and our community. And, Mm -hmm. I just feel like for me seeing that and just having that open conversation and people wanting to know more is what makes me hopeful. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like I'm the same way getting all those, you know, reach outs from, from friends and family this last year, everything that's going on. It's, it gives you a, you know, an optimistic viewpoint on it because, you know, nobody has to really reach out and, and say that, you know, I'm, I'm with you and, this or that or the next thing, but when they do it, it's it's reassuring, you know, in a lot of on a lot of ways, especially the over you know the course of this last year. Or so, and and not being bitter and everything like that, it's it's you kind of got to put yourself on a on a higher level. You know, there's always those people that are are going to be that way, and it's it's stuck in their in their being. You know, it's they're just they're hateful, and there's so many other scenarios where that's the case, not just in racism. It's just in in you always everybody's come, came across someone like that and it's kind of the same way that someone else would respond to any other sort of situation where they're they're attacked for being this or that or they're they're at work or they just come up have an altercation with somebody who is obviously you know in that demographic of there, there's no reasoning yeah. behind why they're acting that way and it's it's just their character is so so low and you you just kind of got to know that this isn't even worth my time to be fighting or to upset. yeah you know you can't you, know, you get upset because obviously it's you're being attacked for whatever you're doing you know for us it could be you want know, a race for for somebody else it could even be their race but it could be for where you're working or you know the what you believe yeah what you believe what you're religion, religion, absolutely there's, there's tons there's countless things that you can have that sort of interaction because of yeah and it's it's the same thing i think for most people is Obviously, your your temper is important to keep under control because it's easy, it's easy to kind of you know lose it sometimes. But you know, for for most people, it's you kind of got to look at it in a light of you know this this person doesn't even deserve my my effort and my the, the time of day you know yeah. my my, uh, my frustration or anything you know. So yeah, that was I mean that was a really it was awesome that we got that question. I'm, I'm yeah. glad that it was asked. If you have any other questions like that or something that's specific to what we're talking about in that podcast that week, please ask if we can, we can answer it the next week at the beginning. But I know that we wanted to get to talking about stereotypes that we, that we've experienced growing up and kind of how we look at them and how we respond to them and how we've, and how they come up in conversation. If, you know, someone's not just going to, you hear it in, in media and jokes and stuff like that all the time. You know, everybody knows the stereotypes of based on race. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So 
every race has its own stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind yeah of it's not just it's it's specific to being black or mixed or white or anything. It's it's based on a lot of it can be based on on history, but also it's it's just so there's so much miscon- yeah culture and there's misconceptions about it. And that's kind of what we wanted to hit on a little bit. Yeah, this week. So we that question was just so good, and there were so many things to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, we normally we're going to try to keep that. Q and a section a little shorter, yeah, but there was a few questions in there that I think that deserved a little bit yeah, more time. We honestly kind of yeah. could have made a whole podcast, mm-hmm. uh, regarding those questions. But for this part, this, the stereotype part, we kind of want to touch on both sides of the coin because for me, I've seen, you know, the black culture and how they fit into this, this stereotype that I didn't have my eyes open to until I went to college and I was around more, uh, of that culture of my African American side, mm-hmm. and because like I, like we said, we lived in a predominantly white area mm-hmm. where we grew up in. But then moving to college, you know, you have sports and all these athletes going in, and a lot more diversity. So for me, growing up, the biggest one that I heard was, "You are the blackest or the whitest black person I know," yeah, or right. "You talk so white." Well, yeah, you're basically just comparing us to being white is, is essentially yeah. what the what the comments would be and the 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 quote of you're the whitest black person i know always has been something i've heard a lot oh which my probably goodness. i'm only one of the black i'm one of the only black people that you know yeah and a lot of scenarios of, of people saying that yeah and it's but like yeah it's what does that mean like yeah. like to me it's what you're saying is, do you want me to start sagging my pants? Do you want me to start being a, a thug? Like, mm-hmm. what is it that you want me to be, to well, be yeah, black? That, what yeah. makes me black? That's the the idea that people have of black people is it's ghetto. They don't think that it's not black. It's it's yeah. ghetto. It's uh, it's a certain, you know, lifestyle that, that you're supposed to be living because of your skin color. Yeah. And a lot of it is uneducated. Is a lot of people, what people what people think. Just like being a, a thug and like mm-hmm. a like I'm not supposed to be able to talk in a way that you're supposed to you're gonna understand me, and you know I'm supposed to act a certain way. I'm supposed to act like I'm talk almost, back to you know, the like, teacher. Yeah, and yeah. It's disrespectful. It's it's all these neg. It's so much negative. Yeah. That you exp- that I know that you know it's them saying that because a lot of them have been my friends. Like I. Uh, me saying this, and if if you're watching, you may have been someone that said that to me. And I usually, you know, growing up, I wasn't the type to kind of respond and like that's, that's just kind of like laugh it yeah, off. It's it like, what just, am I supposed to say? To yeah, that? yeah. And so it's something that I've I've kind of dealt with, uh, but it's it's tough to hear, especially from people that you know you you think you're are your friends and and everything, and it's kind of discouraging because you think that. You're doing something that, wrong. That you're, yeah, you're not that you're not living up to what their impression of you is, because you have to understand, you know, our behavior is going to be different based on where we're from and where we grew up. It has nothing to do with what our ethnic background is. You know, our our cultures are, are different than how what they're saying is. I'm not. I'm, I'm acting white. You know, the yeah. culture is is a different aspect of it because if I grew up in downtown Chicago or even or even New York, like the way that I talk is going to be different. My mannerisms are going to be different. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm not who I am. My ethnic background or my, my ethnic descent is all of a sudden invalid yeah. based on where I grew up. And I know for a fact the thing that kind of hit me the hardest was the fact that people don't think 
that you can be educated and black at the same time because they you know nobody says that to your face and they're but when they say you're a white black person you're 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 speaking in a way that you know you're, you're educated i've you know I, I luckily was able to grow up in a town that you know had a good education school system, system and everything yeah. like that thanks tim royers for that and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah it's 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 hard to hear and i know a lot of people don't mean to be you know spiteful or hurtful by it but it comes off like that especially when you know you and i we they're also categorizing categorizing us as black when they say that too correct and we are as we talked about before we're not full african-american we're we have a multiple backgrounds um in us and it's something to also pay attention to when you know you're you're saying things like that so that stereotype is a, a definitely one we need to get kind of eradicate and get people to understand that you know just because your your skin color is one thing you don't have to be acting a certain way you're 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 not you're not grouping me in a in such a box that you know if i if i act on a on the outside of it that you are expecting that i'm doing something wrong or i'm an outlier yeah and it's just like you're not realizing what you're doing is just continually pushing this agenda of forcing somebody to be one way and Mm -hmm. labeling and categorizing people to act, talk, think, believe, live a certain type of way Mm -hmm. and continue. Like all you're doing is just pushing this very segregated belief system of this is how white people are. This is how Mm -hmm. black people are. This is how Asian people are. This is how Hispanic people are. And not just letting people be who they are Mm -hmm. based off of the color of their skin so thoughts ideas beliefs Mm -hmm. what you find fun what you don't find fun all of these things are for black people it's can be very disheartening like you said discouraging because you're almost being counted out of an entire race of something that you are something that's flowing to your blood you no longer that just somebody's taking it away from you Mm based off of you not fitting the stereotype, stereotype yeah. of who you are. So and I'm going to take your black card because you aren't talking back to the teacher. Mm-hmm. You're not smoking weed. You're not in detention all the time. Mm-hmm. You're not playing sports. Yeah, you're not you're too smart. Yeah. There's, there's so much to it that people expect. And I think personally, and I, I know you, you might feel the same way, but you know, people don't even have to say, you know that that phrase to me or, or bring it up but i i see a lot of areas of you know if i someone asks me what my degree is or something and i i tell them it's engineering you know it's surprising you know it's not uh, and i see myself in in my classes i'm one of the only you know not white people there and there's so many different things that i that i categorize myself in and and have passions about that a lot of people i feel like wouldn't expect that and something to kind of get used to and i'm not saying that it's anybody's you know fault for being surprised by that but you know not every black person you know or every white person you know is has this certain job or is interested in this this thing you know we were talking before about how i'm sure a lot of people would think that we are athletes we're asked that a lot (laughs) yeah what sports do you play yeah if we're uh you know like we don't rap or anything like that or, or what our, what our degree is. Yeah. And, you know, we're both in STEM. So it's not, it's a, 
the field that you don't have as much diversity in and everything. So there are a lot of stereotypes that I feel like, you know, you're not intentionally breaking, but it's you're you're put in a box and if you're on the outside you kind of pay attention to it a little bit more because people bring it up but yeah. you know i'm in my degree because you know i i love it and something that i've been wanting to do for a long time now but i don't think about you know following this path that someone else has already preemptively put me on yeah and i think that's important for anybody you know that's you know and so. it's very so this part i i want to hit hard and i could spend hours and hours talking about this but i have to try to keep myself down mm. to a short amount of time talking about this but i want to hit it as hard as i can that is for me so like i keep saying we grew up in a predominantly white area mm. we came from a white background we had a lot of different we had a lot of helpful teachers and people placed in our paths that a lot of other people might not necessarily have been able to based on what we talked about earlier which was systematic racism and you know their culture and they come from poverty and they come from all these different belief systems and so that's their, become their culture and there's all these different things that can play into that but what I want to say is going to a school where you have a lot of black friends and a lot of that culture you're surrounded with you coming from my background I saw things a whole lot differently so there was one or two options to get out of the hood the ghetto out of their hometown and be quote unquote successful in their own eyes as well as in the eyes of their family. And that was football or athletics in general, or, you know, rapping, whatever music, you know, mm -hmm. there's only one or two options, one or two roads to get out and be successful in the eyes of, you know, the black community as a whole. And I'm not going to say every single black person, cause I have friends that have been very successful doing their own things, running their own businesses, education, uh, jobs they're all being successful but all the locker room talk in the foot in the football locker room on my team in this community was i have to make it to the league i gotta get out you know we're playing at a d2 school yeah it's in a really good conference yes there are people that get out but it's very very unlikely and in my eyes i'm like at the beginning you know starting football you know your dream was always i would love to be in the nfl mm -hmm. but as time went on i eventually got to the point where the reason i stopped playing was because I wasn't growing anymore. I wasn't bettering myself personally, uh, mentally. I just felt stuck. And I didn't like I was playing. I was having a good time. But at the same time, like I just didn't feel myself growing the way I wanted to anymore. And so there were so many different things I wanted to do, so many different things I wanted to try out and learn and grow up because I realized football isn't an end all be all for me. I could go play in the league. I could I'm not saying I could have. I'm just saying hypothetically. Hypothetically speaking, yeah. I could go get play in the league. I could go be on a practice squad. But, like, is that going to bring me joy in all mm. reality? Like, I didn't want the ego to take over. I didn't want, you know, the money with it to take over, the fame, whatever you whatever came with it. It just, to me, wasn't something I personally wanted anymore because after that's all said and done, what do you have left? Mm-hmm just memories of things like yeah. memories of football. Like I can go back and be like, Oh yeah, I was the best running back in Northwest or, Oh yeah, I had this many touchdowns as a freshman. Mm -hmm. I like all these different things that just to me didn't seem, you know, valuable mm -hmm. and sustainable long-term. It was cool in the moment. It was cool to say that, like, yeah. you know, all these different accomplishments, even in high school that I had that I just look back on and be like, I'm not want to be that guy that's sitting at the table talking about, 
not being able to close the yearbook because yeah. of all these different yeah. things that happen. So for me, seeing that side of the culture of I can only get out these ways is something that then I go back on my on the other side of the fence where, you know, the predominantly white side in high school and middle school that I was able to actually get. Like I took that as just this is what life is like. But then seeing on their side of things the only way to get out is to be successful at sports. Like Mm -hmm. they're like, didn't have the same education, the same opportunities that I had growing up based off of whatever their backgrounds and cultures were. Mm -hmm. So like fighting those stereotypes of you can't be educated. You can't like these things. You Mm -hmm. you have to play sports. You can only play sports. It's the only way that you're going to be good. Like, Oh, of course he's good. He's black. He he can jump really high. He can run really fast. If you're not good, it's bad. Yeah. If you're like, he's really, he's you're black and you can't jump. Like you can't dunk and you're black. Like you're not fast and you're black. You're not strong and you're black. Like good to me. Yeah. I'm glad that we were athletic, but I I can't imagine. Yeah. Like as a put in a situation like that, that'd be tough too. I mean, both sides of it sucks. You know, you don't want to be, defined by your ability to be an athlete and then yeah. you don't want to be defined by your inability to be one also. So Correct. It's, it's like a double-edged sword that yeah. you can't really win. Like, yes, there mm-hmm. are some people that their identity is being an athlete. I had my identity as that for the longest mm-hmm. time, but I realized that that eventually will be stripped from you, whether it's through injury, whether mm-hmm. it's through old age, age whether yeah, it's you not had, forever. Yeah. It's not forever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I felt like that the culture in the black community is just so defined off of success in sports, success in music. And that's the only way mm-hmm. to be successful. Yeah. Like take that same passion, that same drive, put the them in the position to be successful by giving them the education that we had, the mm-hmm. education that they need that every, that to show them that education is valuable Mm -hmm. and then realize that they're not wrong for being smart. They're not, not black for being smart. They're not, not black for being polite when they talk, having Mm -hmm. manners, having just brains in general. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't make you not black. That just makes you human Mm -hmm. as anybody else. And so for me, like it's very hard seeing it frustrated me. It really made me sad to see that my friends and a lot of people that I wasn't sharing the locker room with just did not see that this isn't, this is fleeting. Whether mm-hmm. you make it now or not, yeah, it's fleeting. You can go and be in the NFL. You can make a few, a few dollars. Congrats. But then what? I was always like, then what? Like what's next? It's mm-hmm. so like for me, it was like, okay, I like, I'm a very, very big visionary. So I would play it out and be like, okay, I go to the NFL. Hypothetically, I make money. Mm-hmm. Then what? All my life is stopped. Like I'm, I'm not an athlete anymore. Mm-hmm. Like how many people do you see that play professional sports that go broke afterwards, or just like the suicide rates, and mm-hmm. because their whole identity is stripped from them because they don't know what they are anymore. Mm-hmm. When that thing that you can't do all the time is gone, like what? Who are you? Who am I anymore? And yeah, so for that, me, yeah. I didn't want that. That's a tough. That's a tough reality for a lot of. I know athletes. I can speak for you. You can speak for, especially when, when you're done, it's hard to kind of reprioritize when we were in high school, middle school, they always had those lessons of what's that spark. Like what's something that you're just passionate about. And for us, it was easy. We were just, we always did sports. It was something that we ever, like we were, you know, three sport athletes. So that, that question was, you know, just went to the wayside, but once you're done, you're done. And 
keeping something that you're passionate about is, <clears throat> I feel like a, tr it's troubling for a lot of people who stop doing, you know, the arts in high school or this, that, or the other thing in, in high school and they have to kind of redefine themselves. And in college, a lot of people can kind of fall into that, that slump of, you know, what, what's next. And that's a big question to, to answer for a lot of people, but you know, that's, you know, good advice for anybody who has a passion for something that's not sustainable and most things aren't. You know, a lot of that stuff you can't do the rest of your life. Um, so if you find something that you can, great, you know, chase it. Um, but, yeah, that stereotype is, is a tough one to to get out of for sure. It's just the, the reason that I bring it up and the reason that it's so, like, I hope people, when they hear that, realize that that is a issue. Like, that mm -hmm. is a big problem to have people think that there's no other alternative besides one or two ways to get out of where you're from. Like mm -hmm. to think that there's something that you come from that's so messed up, that's so backwards, that's so oppressive and sad that you feel like you have to get to the point where you're a professional athlete to avoid it and get rid of it and get out of it shows you that the, obviously there is a problem in our country with that, mm -hmm. with the poverty rates and just the ghetto and the hood in general getting out of that what that looks like. But mm -hmm. then on the flip side of it is on the black side of culture, because we can speak on this is not shaming on both sides of the culture. So mm -hmm. the white side and the black side, not shaming black people for getting out mm -hmm. for getting out on their own way. That's legal. Mm -hmm. And that's smart and intelligent and getting an actual job and like mm -hmm. doing better for yourself and yeah. leaving the hood. Yeah. So leaving the hood, you should not have a, issue with leaving the hood you mm -hmm. should want them to get out legally and with if it's not sports mm -hmm. supporting them for them getting a job if there's just a normal job and just living a normal life like it doesn't have to be millions and millions of dollars but on the same side white people play a big role in not shaming black people for being educated mm -hmm. for being not black for mm -hmm. not being a hood ghetto thug mm -hmm. Cause that's what I think of when you tell me I'm the whitest black person. Okay. Let me set my pants a little bit now. Yeah. Let me go put on a couple chains. Yeah. Let me go cuss the teacher out real quick to be black. Mm -hmm. It's not something that I feel like I feel like it should be a thing in, mm -hmm. in general. So it, it frustrates me. It saddens me to think that these stereotypes that a lot of people will joke about and yeah, sure. Whatever. It can be funny, but at the same time, is desensitizing people to how big of a problem it is at mm. actually becoming and yeah. has been and how big of an issue we need to like that it needs to be solved. So for me, that's, there's so many different stereotypes I can talk about, but like, that's a huge one for me. And like, mm. like I said, I can go on forever about this, but I'm going to keep, I'm going to digress. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's simpler ones. I mean, everybody knows about, you know, the food that, different cultures eat watermelon. like if you yeah you like watermelon you like chicken you see me eating chicken you say something about it i'm like you i know you like chicken too yeah, it's I, like chicken like if you don't like fried chicken i don't know <laughs> i don't know what your palate is like but yeah. i'm sure it's not not very good but it's yeah it's 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 stuff like that and i know in pop culture you you see comedians joke about you know poke fun at at both of them and and as you mentioned before <clears throat> you know I'm i'm not the type that's gonna take offense to dave Chappelle standing up and talking about how white people look at him when he eats chicken yeah you know, I, I laugh and it's funny joke yeah it's it's entertainment and and but it also is there's a desensitization element of it for sure of 
you know, you see that you think it's okay for you to go around and say those same things. Some people don't see a problem with it, but when it's your only joke, that's when it kind of gets to me. You know, if, yeah. if I can, if I can preemptively know that you're going to like poke fun at something I'm doing or bring up my skin color based on what I'm doing or saying, or the situation, Gets then, old then it gets quick. it gets very old. You know, you can only say, "Oh, it's because you're black." So many times before, I'm just like, "Dude, it's it's okay." I mean, you, I had, you can, you know, it's that joke is. I mean, I don't remember when it last time was funny because it's been said so many times. It's like, but it's not dead. anymore. Yeah. You know, and I think being open to kind of bringing that up and saying, "Hey, man, that's," you know, if you're gonna try to be funny, at least make it more clever because if just my <laughs> just just my like comic side kind of says you know you should try a little bit harder to, to be funny if you're yeah. gonna, if you're gonna be funny but you know the also side of me that's just sick of it is is just done and i'm you know it's, it's it's used to be something i was okay with just hearing you know from where we were and everybody around around you saying it it's kind of similar to how we were talking about the you're the whitest black person i know and you don't really say a ton of, you don't really respond to it you know that used to be the case but it's not for me anymore yeah. you know some people can just joke it off and it's it's fine you can hear it as many times as you want it still might be funny to you but and personally some, speaking it's yeah it's not it's, it's not so much anymore and some black people they like play into it you know like they'll make the jokes themselves yeah yeah and you know i mean it could just be a matter of them trying to take the power back mm -hmm. just like using the n-word they'll use yeah. it themselves and they mm -hmm. try to take the power back from it and that's a whole different conversation but mm -hmm it's how when do we realize just kind of like the social dilemma like when we wake up and we realize what the cause and effect really is mm -hmm. with these words and these sayings and these stereotypes and w what's really happening behind the scenes mentally with mm -hmm. them and you know culturally and in the society we live in what's really happening with them uh they can be exploited to the point where it becomes a negative thing mm -hmm. and you know you're finding these identity issues again within the black community and for me you know it was that whole well then I had to be black I had to be good at sports to be black mm -hmm. you know this is who I am I'm black but like yeah how, how do I go and feel like I'm really black if people keep telling me I'm not mm -hmm. and then you know the food you like you know my dad dad's always talking about like going down south to have all these things like chitlins mm -hmm. and you know, hot links and all this other stuff. Yeah, and I'm mm -hmm. like, we don't eat that. Like mm -hmm. mom cooks <laughs> spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> like she she cooks white people food. So it's like I haven't had that before. So like am I really black? Because mm -hmm. I haven't had soul food like that mm -hmm. before. Like, yeah, I like chicken. Does that make me black? Like mm -hmm. it's all these different stereotypes that if you don't find yourself fitting into them, that you're there's something wrong with you culturally. Mm -hmm. and your identity can't be anything else anything else yeah. than whatever you like so like for instance i'm not going to go blast the music that i like because like, yeah i like hip-hop i like mm -hmm. r&b but i also like you know alternative rock and borderline metal mm -hmm. but then that gets me going but i'm not going to go play that in, in a car full of my black friends uh -huh, yeah because I don't want to be shunned for mm -hmm. listening to white people music. Mm -hmm. I have to not like country. I genuinely don't I like don't country. Like country. But like I'm yeah. saying, if a black person does like country, then there's something wrong with him. Mm -hmm. he, we, don't, we don't claim him. So yeah. on the black side, we don't claim him. So you're out there. Mm -hmm. And on the white side, 
you're not black. So they can't claim like, mm. are they claiming you by saying that you're not black? So, okay. Then am I, am I white? Like all these things dif- like play into who you are as a person. And I think it's very hard to gain identity and a sense of who you are, especially growing up that, I think if we stripped all those stereotypes and stripped all those belief systems, we could find ourselves in a more unified society, mm-hmm. not feeling like you you can you feeling like you can be yourself without worrying about who you are. Like if you like a certain show, who you are, certain music, who you are, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think sometimes you got to take a step back. You know, because everybody has that tendency to, you know, judge someone based on, you know, their skin color, their race, their culture, where they're from, everything like that. So I think a lot of ways that you can kind of combat that is just taking a step back. It's asking yourself, is this kind of something that's going to, am I boxing this person up preemptively when I I don't necessarily know them as a person? And even if I do know them as a person, am I still not categorizing them? as who they are, am I categorizing them as what I would expect someone who doesn't know them to perceive them as. So, especially when you ha- when you have close ties with someone and you know you know enough about them to understand their character, uh, you know the things that they enjoy, things they don't. Take that at face value. Don't take what someone else might think just outside or looking in at this person, you know, because so that person's opinion matters a lot more or your opinion of them matters a lot more to them than some random person. So if you're over here kind of looking at them as, you know, you, you know me and you're still looking at me like I should be someone else, it has a lot more effect, I think, than if it was just some random person looking in. So you, you have more power when you, when you have those close relations. So I just say kind of take that as, as it is and, you know, don't abuse that because – your opinion and the way that you feel and the way that you treat someone is more important, especially if I have respect for you already. So, yeah, you know, it just goes back to just being colorblind. If you were to just be colorblind and not see it regardless, you wouldn't be accusing them of being this or mm-hmm. not liking that or all that other sort of stuff. So, yeah. But yeah. So I, I think with that, we're going to wrap up this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said at the beginning, we're going to try to do a 10-minute uh, conversation of just Q&A. So mm-hmm. if there's questions you have regarding any of the stuff you know we normally talk about on this podcast, feel free to send it our way. We'll get it addressed in, if not the next week, the week after, and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll try to fit them into what we're kind of talking about for that week. So send us all those questions. We'll definitely get those answered. Mm-hmm. Uh Feel free to follow us on Spotify now. We are uploaded there as well as Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So we'll drop the link to all those on our Facebook page for the podcast. So tune in weekly for that. We have a lot of different people we want to bring on and different ideas we kind of want to add into the podcast uh, for our weekly segments and and whatnot. So Mm. with that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning into this week and we will catch you next week. Thanks, guys.